This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. We've got eight AFC home games to preview. A very risky start of the week. Very bold, Jamie. You nervous? Nah. All right, all right. It can't be worse than last week. <laughs> all right. Ten yards per carry for Raheem Mostert. Let you know what's funny? Um, on uh, FFT, on, on CBS Sports HQ, on, on Sunday morning, um, in the usual uh, good-natured je- je- ribbing that I was trying to think of the right appropriate word there, um, <laughs> that Pete Prisco was giving me about the start of the week, which he does every week. Uh, he said, what do you think most is going to get? Maybe 12, 15 carries? I said, yeah, but he's going to average 10 yards a carry. So yeah. I'll get 150 yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> you did. <laughs> so you I got, was right. He got yes. 10 yards a carry. And they had two rushing touchdowns, right, from the running back. So no, they did. They did. Um, yeah, that's Jamie. I'm Adam. Heath is, hey, Heath. Hey, Adam, how are you? It's so good to talk to you today. It is. We haven't spoken in a while, right? Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about players we love, players to avoid, 60-second rankings disputes, uh, some cornerback versus wide receiver matchups. We'll talk a little bit about Thursday night's game and how you're feeling about Saquon Barkley. And the games today, Kansas City, Baltimore, Buffalo, Miami, should be a pretty interesting one to preview. Boy, Lamar Jackson, by the way, very bad history against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think even Houston, Cleveland, Denver, Jacksonville, they may not be so interesting in the NFL world, but in fantasy, they're very interesting. Let's start with players you love. And Jamie, that risky start of the week is? Ben Roethlisberger. Um, it's uh, it's risky. Uh, I totally get it. And he's he's only ranked 12th for me, so he's a starter, but it's not like he's. I expect him to have just this monster, monster game. But I do think that he's going to play well. Um, unfortunately, he plays a position that there's a lot of great players. So uh, the thing about Ben is the the setup for him and and you see it if you're watching the youtube uh channel here um he's great in home openers you know and and i azer statted this a little bit but i think oh, it's nice. relevant so i took the seattle home opener out um 2019 oh, of course game. of course so huh if he left at halftime of course um but Azer's in the that. in the last five home openers that he's finished he's averaging nearly 30 fantasy points per game uh, all five of those over 22 points. So he's had a, he had a 44-point game in there, and he had a 22-point game in there as well. So that's the range of spectrum uh, for where I think he'll, he'll probably end up. But it's more about the setup. You have the Raiders playing an overtime game on Monday night, having to travel cross-country for a 1 o'clock start. So that's got to be a tired team. And I think Roethlisberger will take advantage of that. Um, you know, you can look at the game last week and say, okay, maybe they're not the best, but... Uh, I'll give Buffalo's defense some credit. I don't want to take away anything from the Raiders' defense. That defense played great against the Ravens, and, and I think they're going to be a tougher unit this season, especially if those pass rushers continue to do what they do. But I do think that Roethlisberger has a big game here, and I think all the guys step up. Um, you know, the receivers are all in play for sure, and, and Najee Harris as well. So who would you start Roethlisberger over? Any big names? Um, I have him ranked over Burrow, over Lawrence, over um, – I'm trying to think guys who played well last week. Um, Tannehill you have him ranked over. Uh, over Tannehill. Um, Bridgewater, which I know, you know, people might question that, you know, because at Jacksonville, Heath has them back to back. Roethlisberger, Bridgewater, you have Roethlisberger ahead. Yeah, it's it's just it, it's a position where there's you know, there's just there's a lot of great players, and so you know, then you get to that next group of guys. He's at the top of the next group of guys. From okay, Heath, who do you like? Yeah, I want to start him over Lamar Jackson, even though you said Jackson's got a you know bad history and 
Um, Rogers coming off a bad game. I think he bounces back, you know, so just to put it in context. You would not start him over Jackson Rogers. I would not. No. Okay. Heath, uh, how about you? Who do you love? Well, I, I would echo what Jamie said and just say all the Steelers against the Raiders. I, I think the Raiders are going to have a major letdown game, but I'll go a different direction. I'll say Mike Williams. I love the setup for the Chargers. The Cowboys know Demarcus Lawrence now. The Washington football team could not touch Justin Herbert last week, and Herbert still didn't have a fantastic game, but that offensive line for the Chargers played awesome. Now they face a Cowboys team that cannot rush the passer and looked a little bit improved against the run last week. So I do think you saw Tampa Bay just throw all over the Cowboys. You'll see Justin Herbert throw all over the Cowboys. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, both top 20 wide receivers. Allen might be top five. Okay, I'm glad you brought this one up. I was going to ask separately about Mike Williams, and, and I'm glad you brought up the pressure. Washington had the fourth lowest pressure rate last week. That's amazing. And that's according to Pro Football Reference. Uh, fourth lowest pressure rate going up against the Chargers offensive line, which again last year was the worst in the NFL, uh, but obviously is better now. So that's great. Yeah, Demarcus Lawrence out. Randy Gregory probably, probably out. Uh, you know, all that. But is Trayvon Diggs a concern for you? How well he did against Mike Evans, or you know, I don't, I didn't watch the film, but how bad Mike Evans was last week with Trayvon Diggs shadowing him, and I would think he'd probably go on Mike Williams if anyone is that a concern for anybody. It's it's not particularly worrisome for me because I think the difference is Tom Brady had both Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin that he could just throw to, and and I, I mean Herbert has Keenan Allen, he's going to throw to him a bunch, but I still think we'll see the targets for Mike Williams. Agree, Jamie? Yeah. Totally. I was going to say that, you know, and, and I said this last week, you know, when we were talking about Evans, how bad he was. Most teams don't have the luxury of what Tom Brady has. And, and don't forget Gronk as well, you know, who had day catches, you know, so there's just so many different directions Brady can go. Like why attempt it? You know, so it's like, I don't want to take anything away from Diggs, but I want to see when Diggs is matched up with one of these guys and getting challenged and how he'll do, you know, so I, I think it'll be fun. You know, not that Mike Williams obviously should be considered a world beater at this point, uh, after one strong game, but I don't think he's going to go from 12 targets to four. You know, he's probably going to be somewhere in the eight target range, especially if this game gets to the point where I think it's going to get where these two teams are going back and forth and, you know, punching it out with a high scoring game. I haven't said this for a while, but uh, Bonanza. Uh, you, no. should, you should be happy that your <laughs> your legend of Bonanza has carried over to other programs. So I did Nick Costas' yeah. show, You Better You Bet. Oh, and fun. he said... He said, this this has the feeling of a bonanza. Our buddy Adam Azer, the bonanza. <laughs> I haven't spoken to him in a while. I got a tweet at him. We'll he was, uh, about he, the he was singing your praises. Oh, yeah. Or maybe ruining it. <laughs> all right, listen, uh, all season long, we are playing the FFT Start Sit Challenge. You can go to cbssports.com slash start sit to play. Each week, answer 10 start sit questions to win a customized Trophy Smack Championship belt. With your name engraved. This is great. We love doing this. We love starter sit. You get your name engraved on a belt from Trophy Smack. Uh, the overall winner for the season wins $1,000 and a guest appearance on the podcast. Which one would you rather have, by the way? $1,000 or a guest appearance? One question okay. this week. Elijah Mitchell, Tyson Williams, or Naheem Hines? Who will score the most fantasy points? What do you guys think? Elijah Mitchell, Tyson Williams, or Naheem Hines? In PPR? Schrager, what, what is there an answer to that? Let's go with both. Uh, I'd probably take Mitchell and both, but PPR might be Hines. I'll take Mitchell and both. Okay. Let's go to players to avoid. Heath, who should we sit this week? 
Can I use Thursday night players for this? Can you do both? Can we get like a quick Thursday night and then a Sunday? I, I'm scared to death of Saquon Barkley in this game against Washington, and I really don't want to use him um, for obvious reasons, I think. Hopefully this is the last week we say that. Hopefully he gets to play 60% of the snaps and he looks a little bit better, maybe breaks one long run and gives you enough to where you can think, okay, 10 days rest, I'm going to start him. But I'm really worried if he plays 50% of the snaps and averages two and a half yards per carry, what his value is going to be moving forward. And I'm going to try to stay away from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers running backs. All of them. Okay. I was really pretty excited about Leonard Fournette until Bruce Arians said Ronald Jones was going to be the starter. But I don't know how much you can take out of Ronald Jones being the starter. He started 13 games last year. Five of those games, he had 10 carries or fewer. So Ronald Jones is one mistake away from not playing again for the rest of the game, probably. So I would like to stay away from all Tampa Bay running backs and Saquon Barkley. Okay. Bucks are facing Atlanta. Jamie, who should we sit? Uh, it's hard to sit in, but I would try and get away from Mike Davis this week. Um, that Tampa Bay run defense is obviously no joke. We've said that time and time again. Um, and so, you know, you're looking at a guy that's going to have to make some plays in the passing game, like him better in, in PPR than non-PPR. Uh, I didn't like the fact that they gave Cordero Patterson as much work as they did. Um, you know, not that, you know, Davis getting 15 carries is something to overlook, but uh, it's been one running back to go over 100 yards against them, and I think it's 25 games. And it's uh, I forget the number of touchdowns, but it, it, it's going to it's going to be a, a bad game for Mike Davis. So um, hard to sit him, but I would do it this week. I'll give another running back too, or a team of running backs that I'm trying to avoid. And that's the Ravens. Um, I, I don't have any faith. They just promoted minutes ago Devontae Freeman to the active roster first ahead of Le'Veon Bell. John Harbaugh said they will be using four running backs moving forward. They only have three on their active roster but I would assume that Bell is going to get activated at some point. I I feel like Tyson Williams is kind of in that Ronald Jones situation where they would like it if he would be the starter. They would like it if he was the best back, but he might be one mistake away from just not playing anymore except for a, a second or third role. So I, I'd like to not start any Ravens running backs as well. So out of the Ravens running backs, the Bucks running backs, Mike Davis and Saquon Barkley, who's the best? I'm going with Davis and throwing up in my mouth. Yeah, I'd go. I'd go Davis as well in in PPR and non PPR. I still hope it's Tyson Williams, but it's it's hard to trust him. But like, just almost instantly, one week in, and there's like 14 running backs that I like. <laughs> you know, I was thinking. Uh, sorry to veer off topic here from start sit, but I was thinking about this when uh, you when uh, Elijah Mitchell and you know it's been a it's been a wacky week with running backs with San Francisco and Baltimore in particular is this a case for or against zero or even hero <laughs> rb what's so funny uh no it's just I, I we don't know yet if Elijah Mitchell is 15 touches a game the rest of the year then it's definitely a case for zero rb <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. That's but one guy. It, it's not just about him. I mean, it's about the Rams situation and the Ravens and the 49ers and uh, you know, cuz cuz I'm I'm throwing Cam Akers in there, but obviously running backs get hurt. And on one hand, I'm thinking like, well, maybe an approach of taking three running backs with your first four picks or something and saying, "Hey, even if one of them gets hurt, at least I have two other chances to have a stud." Maybe that's the best way to go for a 17-game season. So or maybe I'll give, or, you, I'll give you an example. I think it's our our FFT team. 
RFFT league, um, where I think I have like five viable running backs, which you know is, is a nice spot to be in. But yeah. like my my third receiver, I think is like Lavisca Chenault. Um, it's it's PPR, so he's fine. But uh, I was going to wait till waivers ran to to kind of see what moves were made and and who got who, but start making some trade offers of running backs because clearly it's you know nice to have some of that capital. But on the same time, it's like, do I want to sort of hoard that a little bit, <laughs> you know, for yeah. Yeah. for another week or two and and just see what happens even more? And these aren't like you know world beating guys. Like I'm I'm looking at you know what can I get miles from Miles Gaskin? You know those type of guys uh, who's coming off a disappointing game, but you know has a good hopefully future ahead of him. Um, but clearly people need that. You know, I, I, it, it was fun for me. I don't know how much you guys paid attention to like the bids of Elijah Mitchell in your leagues. And so um, the flex leagues, which, you know, is run by Jake Seeley. He does a great job. It's a lot of analysts. Uh, Rich Rebar spent a hundred of his a hundred dollars on Elijah Mitchell. And, you know, Jake tweets the bids usually of the, of the high profile guys. And, you know, somebody replied to him like, Oh wow, Rich going all in. And he said, you know, I'm, I'm the sermon guy. So now I have that backfield locked up and I'll play it out as it, as it unfolds. And so, you know, there, there are obviously different circumstances for, you know, certain moves that you make, but, um, you know, if you did go zero RB and you did get Elijah Mitchell, you know, this is, uh, this is going to make you feel a lot better about it. If you didn't get Elijah Mitchell and, you know, you're starting, um, you know, Tony Jones or, uh, Damian Williams or those type of guys, you know, you're probably upset about this a little bit. So yeah, far. but I, I will go say, ahead. Oh, two, Sorry. Yeah, two things about like zero RB. First, my worst team by far, week one was a zero RB team where I took Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, right. Robert Woods, and Mark Andrews. <laughs> like, yeah. You, yeah. Oof. Uh, but I'm in four of the football guys players championship leagues, which are the most expensive leagues I'm in. He did not go for less than 700 out of 1,000 in any of those four leagues. And I saw several of those leagues where he went for the full 1,000. This could be a big mistake. Uh, this, you know, And that's what we said. We said about 30% of your budget on Mitchell. So that could well, be a big but, mistake. And, and even think you have Sermon and Mitchell, you have the 49ers backfield locked up. I don't know. I don't know how comfortable I'd be. Like, who knows what the 49ers backfield is going to look the like. The range of possible outcomes is league winner to waivers by week six. But this, you know, you mentioned FFT. That is a league that, that I drafted three running backs with my first four picks. I'm, I'm pretty sure because one of them, I, pretty sure was Gus Edwards. This is exactly my point. Is I lost Gus Edwards. That was a big loss for me. I still have Derrick Henry and Saquon Barkley. Obviously, I lost week one, but this could be a really good team because even with with Henry and Barkley, and I have James White, I still have Robert Woods, T. Higgins, Brandon Cooks. And yeah, I mean, I might be a little weak at, at receiver three, but hopefully I can figure that out. But I don't know. I mean, it, you know, I, we'll see how it plays out, obviously. But it's interesting running back depth, you know, to to invest in it early and take advantage of what the wide receiver depth was. Is that going to be a better strategy than to load up on stud wide receivers and play the waiver wire uh, and try to get Elijah Mitchell and try to get Tyson Williams and all that. Obviously, you can't now, well, but you yeah, can. as long as the running backs you invested early in weren't Cam Akers and J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, but and yeah, but what I'm saying is, I, I invested in Gus Edwards. I already lost him, but right. because I went running back heavy, it's not that bad for my team. I can still recover from it. Whereas if I didn't go running back heavy, I might be in hell at, at running back. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. We had a funny moment in yesterday's show, Jamie. You can laugh at this hopefully hopefully Heath won't prove me wrong 
quite as instantly as he did yesterday. Listen to this. San Francisco signed Carryon Johnson to the practice squad. Nobody's adding Carryon Johnson. Added Carryon Johnson in a league this morning. Did you really? (laughs) 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 And we got that great laugh from Dave Richards. Um, Speaking of that league, some people are complaining about you tanking, by the way. Really? Yes. Uh Uh-oh. I I felt so I've never done this before, and I felt so guilty after week. We need to play the fancy cost music. We need we need to regulate. <laughs> yeah, them. are we kicking him out of the league, folks? I, and I'm the commissioner. commissioner. <laughs> uh, you please kick me out of the commissioner spot. Anybody in the whole world can have this job besides. Me. <laughs> uh, what? Okay, wait. So go ahead. I'll give you thirty. Well, explain seconds. what you're doing. I, yeah, I I traded everyone for Dynasty League. Um, Dynasty League. Dynasty League traded everyone for rookies, and I have two firsts next year. I have Elijah Moore, Rondale Moore, Terrace Marshall. I still have Patrick Mahomes, though. And I don't want to start Patrick Mahomes because he can win you weeks by himself sometimes because I have a pretty good defense, and nobody will trade me anything for the defensive players. I mean, Blake Martinez, top five linebacker. I can't get a second-round pick for him even. Anyway, I benched Patrick Mahomes for Terod Taylor. (laughs) I benched Sterling Shepard for, um, I think it was like Elijah, like a collection of wide receivers that scored like four combined points. I'm benching Blake Martinez for another linebacker. I don't just expect to score any more points. And in week one, um, I lost to Chris Towers by about 30 points. I should have beat him by 30 points. So you're tank. You are tanking. This is not. I mean, you are. Tanking. I am tanking now. Um, I he, here's the place where I'm going to admit that I actually made a, an error that should be penalized. I don't know what the penalty should be, but if, I don't know if you remember, but there were a lot of surprises that happened Sunday morning with actives, inactives, things that were going on. I and we're on air right up until kickoff, and it's a scramble to. A, update our rosters. Most importantly, A, update our rankings. Also, update DFS lineups. And so Sunday morning, I did not update my YOLO lineup. I did end up starting someone who wasn't playing mm. and oh. could have could have started someone else in that player spot. So that was an, a bad, bad job by me. Yeah, it's excusable. I, um, I've been there, done that. But... I lost because I didn't set my lineup correctly, um, and I did so intentionally. That you're going to do that all know. year. You want you want it, the number it, one pick. It hurt me um, t- Tuesday morning to realize that. I don't know that I can continue doing it. Although my lineup's currently set with Terod Taylor over Patrick <laughs> Mahomes for week two. Ah, he's playing with the Ravens. He's going to struggle, right? All right. Well, let's kick Heath out of the league. Uh, this is fine, right? In all seriousness, I, it, if you play players on your roster and you're trying to tank in a dynasty league. I think it's fine. I I don't like doing it. In really my opinion, the only thing I did wrong was start someone who we found out Sunday morning was inactive. All right. You all right with this, Jamie? We'll wrap it up. I don't care. I mean, uh, I wish I was him, playing him twice in the season um, as opposed to only once. Uh, Is Jack in the league? Now, here's the question. Because Jack's no. probably bad if he was in the league. The, oh. Here's the, the question that I am struggling with. There's one team already that I have their first round pick. There's another team that I have their second round pick. When I play those two teams, can I set my lineup like I want to? Yeah, you can do whatever the hell you want. Can I try to beat those two teams (laughs) to improve those draft picks? 
You sure can. We're going to take a break on fantasy football today. Nothing but starter sit for the rest of the show. We'll talk about Jarvis Landry with Odell Beckham out. Uh, Trent and Cannon going to the 49ers. Does that matter? And we will be right He finally back. picked him up. Oh, there you go. We will be right. He's starting, he's starting him over his first round pick <laughs> over Derrick Henry. All right. We'll talk to you later. I mean, no, we'll be right back. We're not done. <laughs> we'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome back, everybody. What a wacky show. News and notes. Saquon Barkley questionable. He's expected to play. We already talked about him. Evan Ingram out. Starting left guard Shane Lemieux out tonight at Washington. Demarcus Lawrence out six to eight weeks. Star pass rusher for the Cowboys. Randy Gregory, another pass rusher on the COVID list. Probably not going to play this week at the Chargers. Uh, John Harbaugh said Baltimore will play four running backs going forward. And... Yeah, I, I, we've already touched on a lot of this, so that helps. San Francisco claimed Trenton Cannon after he was just released by the Ravens. Does this matter to everybody? To anybody? It matters for potentially a big reason, to be honest with you. Um, if he's going to play special teams right away, that could mean one of Sermon or Hasty is not active. And clearly, they told you what <laughs> what that what, what that might be. So just keep that in mind, which would be great for Elijah Mitchell. I think if it's if it's Hasty. Mitchell and Cannon as the only running backs who are active, let's go. If it's not and Sermon plays, then you got to be a little bit concerned. So um, I'd be very much encouraged if uh, if Trent Cannon is active this week as the Elijah Mitchell fantasy manager. Very discouraged as a Trey Sermon guy. Okay, Odell Beckham is out. So Jarvis Landry, I think you guys have him as like a number three receiver, right? Against Houston? No, he's a borderline starter for me. Yeah, I'm I'm still a little low on him, um, but I'll I'll probably move him up a little bit more. He's a, he's a number three ish receiver. One one other thing in in deeper leagues, I think you should go at Anthony Schwartz. He had 86 yards against the Chiefs in Week One. He banged um, up a little bit. Just keep that in mind. Keep an eye on the injury report, yeah. but go. go uh, he, they they were scheming plays for him, and he was playing over Donovan Peoples Jones and Higgins. So. It's funny because I said, I think you guys have him as a number three receiver. And JV said, no, he's a borderline starter. But that is actually technically a, a number three. Huh? He's 20. Well, he's 26th for you. So, well, I mean, you know, it's, it's hard Two, to get three. a lot of guys in the top 24. There's, How there's many can 36? you get in the top 24? Huh? How many receivers can you actually get in the top 24? I would like to put 40 of them in there. <laughs> I know what you're saying. Uh, all right. Uh, Denzel Good, starting guard for the Raiders. He's out for the year. And so is defensive tackle Gerald McCoy. Um, Eric McCoy for the Saints, a very good center, is going to miss some time. That's a shame. Xavier Rhodes and Darius Leonard miss practice for the Colts, 
And uh, they they ended last season pretty bad against wide receivers. They were terrible against wide receivers. This is the Colts last year, uh, th- last week. Sorry. So you know, I'm sure people are going to start Woods and Cup anyway. But maybe that helps make you feel better about it. Josh Jacobs mispractice, which was not a surprise. We'll keep an eye on it. Zach Ertz mispractice with a hamstring injury. He he came back in the game, but we'll again keep an eye on that. Brandon Ayuk practiced in full, but. He was called out by his coach. He said he's got to play better. So are you guys feeling comfortable starting Ayuk this week at Philadelphia? Oh, oh. oh sorry. Oh, my bad. Feeling, uh, no. Okay. It, would you start Debo Samuel? Do you feel comfortable starting him? Uh, more so than Ayuk, but I, I think Samuel is going to get Darius Slay, and it could be a rough game for him. I do have Samuel ahead of Jarvis Landry. Ian Rappaport thinks that uh, Rappaport thinks that Jerry Judy will be out closer to six weeks. That's good. Yeah, well, I guess we'll we'll live with that. It is time for sixty second rankings disputes. This segment needs its own theme music. We're gonna have to get that. James Robinson, he is thirty third for Jamie and twenty fourth for Heath. I don't know if that is an enormous difference. It's it's a fairly big difference. But what do you think about James Robinson against Denver Heath? Why do you have him as a Low end number two, t- number 24. Yeah, I don't. I think what has happened because I don't really want to start James Robinson either, but it's I have a hard time getting excited about the guys behind him. I don't want to start Saquon Barkley over James Robinson. I don't want to start um, Tyson Williams or Josh Jacobs or those guys. And so I think most of the rankings disputes you'll see is where I've probably not adjusted enough from where I had guys going into week one based on one game. Some of these I'm going to be wrong about because it's just going to be we were wrong going into the season about them. I'm really hopeful that's not the case with James Robinson and Carlos Hyde doesn't get 50% of the carries in the first half this week. Okay. And Jamie, you've got him as a sit, Robinson. Uh, Yeah. uh, It's I have him, I think, 31st. I'm, I'm adjusting rankings as we speak. So, um, okay. I, I, and I, like, I just moved Tyson Williams behind him. So, uh, I think, you know, it's a tough matchup. I think they're going to be chasing points. Uh, I think Trevor Lawrence is not necessarily going to, you know, dump the ball off to him as much as, you know, we would like to see going back to last year. And unfortunately, Urban Meyer likes Carlos Hyde way too much. So, I would try to avoid James Robinson for a week if you can. David Montgomery. You guys both have him as starts, but Jamie and Dave have him in the top 10. Heath has him 17th. He's facing the Bengals. Jamie, top 10 for Montgomery. Yeah, now he's 12, uh, but close enough, obviously. Uh, I think just the the way he ran last week was impressive, and, and this is a, a much easier opponent to run against. So uh, I would... I would Look, who's this is silly. Who's who's benching David, David Montgomery? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess the, so. The, the only thing I will say, because I am, I think I had him, I'm, I'm lower on him this week against the Bengals than I was last week against the Rams, which makes absolutely no sense at all. Um, except I was kind of discouraged by how much more Damian Williams saw the ball in the passing game and was on on passing yeah. downs. And some of that might have been because Montgomery banged his hand and they couldn't catch. I don't know, but if if Williams Williams was kind of almost playing the Tariq Cohen role in week one, and that worried me a little bit. But I'm all still right. starting him. Yeah, starting. all right. Start start Dave Montgomery. Jared Cook facing Dallas, and he had eight targets last week, which was third most on the team. Obviously, Gronkowski had 90 yards and two touchdowns against Dallas last week. And in, it's pretty close in non-PPR, but in full PPR, Dave and Jamie have Jared Cook 12th. 
or at least they did when I did my notes. Right. And uh, Heath had him 19th. So Heath not yeah. buying into Jerry Cook in this matchup this week. Well, I've always hated Jerry Cook. You, it's no, kind of it, true. But honestly, like the the thing was, this is one of those week one things that I don't know what to do with. I had Austin Eckler at a 17% target share for the Chargers. I had Jared Cook at like an 8 or 9% target share. Cook saw 8 targets. Eckler saw 0. So I knocked Eckler down 3% and I boosted Cook up 3%. A lot of times those those tight end running back targets are correlated. And, and most there's not too many teams that throw a lot to both. If Austin Eckler is really this uninvolved in the passing game, then I think Jared Cook could be a seven or eight target guy every week. I just assume they're going to throw more to Austin Eckler and not so much to Jared Cook. So th- this is where I think uh, if Trevon Diggs takes away Mike Williams to whatever extent, this is where Jared Cook is going to win. I don't think he's going to necessarily – I don't think they have to go hand-in-hand, but you saw obviously what Gronk did against this defense uh, last week. They're down now. Demarcus Lawrence, so Justin Herbert may have a year to throw, um, and he probably is going to do whatever he wants to do in, in this matchup. So uh, Eckler will take away from from Cook, but Cook may take away from Mike Williams, so he kind of maybe balances out some of the things that he did last week. He's a tight end that's involved in a pass-heavy offense and a very high over-under, so uh, I think there's a chance for him to have a big week. Would you guys start Jared Cook over Logan Thomas tonight? No, but it's close. It is close. I would die. Would you start him over? This is one of those things, though, Adam, when we talk about like tight ends, and I know I, I know what you're doing. You're obviously doing your job. But I don't think people are making transactions to like, you know, drop Logan Thomas or drop players to pick up a second tight end, especially after Thomas scored, you know? Yeah, I know. I just, I, I, I'm always surprised. I know by what the, you're saying. By the, I'm, saying, I'm always surprised you know. by the questions we get. And I'm like, really? Yeah. You have those two tight ends? But all right. I like Cook over Juwan Johnson. Oh, yeah. That's somebody from last week that people might what about And Johnny and look, Smith. Two, Johnny two Smith waiver wire guys. Uh, I would start Cook over Komet, even though Komet had a decent week last week. But you know, if you're if you're just looking target for target and playing time, playing time, you know, matchups, both both have a good opportunity here. But I think there's a better chance of of Jared Cook being more involved than than Komet being more involved. All right, so I'm sorry. Last one: Jonu Smith against the Jets or Jared Cook against Dallas. I've got Jonu a couple of spots higher, but I don't feel great about it. Jamie, you said Cook. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's go you to our game. You can do it. It's your rankings. You can change it. I, I can just move it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> right in the middle of the show. Uh, Kansas City at Baltimore. Only so many hours in the day, Adam. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just I'm just messing around. I understand. Uh, I hate to ruin your notes. No, no. I, 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 I read like, them diligently. Yeah. No, I actually, I'm, I like to know when you make these changes because then then I can know who you move them ahead of and whatnot. But yeah. Um, all right, Kansas City at Baltimore. Uh, yeah, so... What do you guys make of Lamar Jackson and his three games? Look, let's not count his rookie year, but the last two years, 20 points and 15 points against the Chiefs. Does that give you any hesitation to start Lamar Jackson? Uh, no. I, I love him in primetime whenever he gets the opportunity to play in primetime, and I know it wasn't great against the Raiders, but I, I can't bench him. <laughs> That's not something that I'm going to feel comfortable doing, you know, and as much as I love Roethlisberger, like if I had those two guys, I'm not benching, benching Lamar for, for Roethlisberger. So I hope we'll get a shootout. Yeah. I think this is probably one of the easiest games that we'll do. I mean, I know it's, I know it's high profile. And so we were going to talk about it for a while, but we're starting Mahomes. We're starting Clyde. We're starting Tyreek. We're starting Kelsey. We're starting Lamar. We're starting Andrews. It's it's the Ravens running backs and it's Marquise Brown that are really the only discussion points for me. Yeah, well, I, I'd like to throw CEH in there. 
I, I, at least to know why you're so confident in him as just an easy start. But uh, <laughs> let me give you this crazy stat. They've played three years in a row. Every year, the Chiefs have had two running backs in each game with either 47 or more receiving yards or a receiving touchdown. When they have faced go. the Ravens, they've thrown a lot to the running backs. Would you say, Heath? That's there, why there you go. That explains it. Well, I, it how many, seems so fluky, but but it happened with CEH last year. How many combined fantasy points did Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake score last week? And Drake had five catches for 50-something yards. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, all right, but it is a good Mostly, run defense. I mean, it's not, like, it's not like they ran well against the Ravens. Mostly, the, to answer your question, it's all the guys we talked about the first 10 minutes of the show. Right. Like, there's just... you. He's going to be, a, for me, a top 20 running back by default. So you wouldn't start, say, like, James White over CEH in PPR? Or Naeem Hines? I would not. The only guy, like, I think he might be in question. Like, I would start Mitchell over him um, now in non-PPR. And I would start Melvin Gordon over him in both. Why would you start Mitchell over him? I mean, Mitchell has a tough matchup, probably won't be involved in the passing game, and is... I don't know. You tell me if you think he's going to split. Well, in, in, in non-PPR, I think he's still getting probably 15-plus carries. And to me, the 49ers running back, whoever it is, like you told me that Adam Azer was the starting running back for the 49ers, I would probably say that guy has a chance to be successful. I, I do. I kind of Thank feel you. like the 49ers running back is matchup proof. I don't think it's necessarily matchup proof, but it's not necessarily – like this is not the, the defense to run away from. It's a good defense. It's a very good run defense. But – like, for example, you tell me that Elijah Mitchell's getting the same amount of carries that Mike Davis had last week, 15 carries. I'm going to buy into that for the 49ers running back. Okay. And so, all right, fine. We don't have to spend a lot of time on this game because you're right, Heath. But let's talk about the Ravens running backs. And Can we clip that? <laughs> yeah, I'll put it right next to... I'll put it right next to Adam. Him. You were right. Thanks. All right, Schrager, make a note of that. 30, 32 minutes, thirty seconds. So anyway, are there any scenarios in which you're playing Tyson Williams or Murray? Who do you actually have ranked higher? Uh, so I just moved them down um, in every format. <laughs> uh, Tyson, I put them in non PPR back to back, and PPR I put Tyson a few spots ahead, both outside the top twenty four, but just inside the top thirty. Yeah, I I'd start. Man, I'm a, I'm gonna struggle with this all the way up until cook, kickoff. But I think right now I would still start uh, Tyson over Barkley. Yes. Um, and probably and Jacobs. Yeah. Probably. So I, I have Tyson over Jacobs in PPR and non PPR just because Jacobs could clearly fall into the end zone as we saw. I put Jacobs ahead of of Tyson. Now let's do some wide receivers. Would you start Tyson Williams or Sterling Shepard? Non-PPR Tyson, PPR Shepard easily. Yep. Half Shepard. How about yep. a Jaguars wide receiver? Would you start any Jaguars wide receivers against Denver ahead of Tyson Williams? Same answer. Non-PPR, yes. PPR, no. Sorry, non-PPR, you're going Tyson. PPR, you're going... Non-PPR, I'd stick with the running back. Yeah. PPR, I'd go with the receivers. All right. Okay, and then what do you think about Marquise Brown this week against the team that somehow is always giving up very few points to... Very few fantasy points to wide receivers. What do you think about... And, and honestly, we shouldn't just ignore the fact that Sammy Watkins had more targets and more yards, and it's a revenge game. What do you think about the Baltimore hmm. wide receivers? 
I think Brown is a number three receiver in non-PPR, just outside that in PPR. And Watkins is still more, to me, a, a desperation play. Yeah, that's um, I've got I've got him thirty Brown thirty two and non thirty seven and full. Um, he's kind of right right in that uh, Kenny Galladay range. You're probably hoping for one big play. I noticed three three receiving groups where we are not taking seriously the fact that player B had more receiving yards than player A, and that would be. Nelson Aguilar over Jacoby Myers last week. Uh, Devontae Parker more than Jalen Waddell. And this one, Sammy Watkins ahead of Marquise Brown. And I'm not saying that we should care, but it's on my radar a little bit. We don't know for a fact that... Yeah, the Aguilar-Myers one, I'll I'll go targets in that regard, where Myers had more targets. So I'll I'll lean that way. I think that's an easy one for me. Uh, The Baltimore one is, is certainly interesting, but... I wonder how much of that was game flow related when they were playing with a lead as opposed to when they all of a sudden found themselves in, in a fight at the end of the game. You know, so Marquise Brown did all of his damage early and then Sammy Watkins did his damage late. So, you know, however you want to read that. Um, and then the Dolphins one, I just don't want to trust Parker if Fuller's playing. Like Waddle to me is going to be more involved in a different uh, amount of ways. Yeah, right. He has a different kind of role, we'd think. All right, Mark Andrews, top five in both formats, and sit the DSTs. Let's go to Houston at Cleveland. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting that I put this game second, but I think we have some fun start or sit decisions. Well, I guess, first of all, you starting any Texans? Brandon Cooks. I am, I'm not. I'm afraid for Terod Taylor in this game. <laughs> and, well, um, you're starting just, over Mahomes. What's that? You're starting him over Mahomes. It, uh, yes. tank. Yeah, well, it should serve my purpose as well. Um, I just hope that I'm able to start in week three. This this Cleveland pass rush is so good, and they almost got to Mahomes a lot. And I just feel like they're at home, home opener, after losing a game to the Chiefs that they rightly should feel like they should have won. They gave it away in the second half. And I, I just think they're going to destroy the Texans in a way – that is is frightening. Okay. So Jamie then make the case for Cooks and or Heath, even in that scenario, do you not see a path for Cooks? I'll go to Heath first to be a star. Um, no, I think there's a path. I think he's a boom bust flex and he could have a, another big game, but I'm just I'm worried about the potential for a complete disaster from the offense. Jamie, would you start say Tim Patrick over Brandon Cooks? No, I, I think Cooks I would not do that. I think Cooks um the, the thing that was encouraging was he had seven targets in a game that they were playing with the lead the entire time. And now I'm expecting them to be chasing points. And so, you know, look, is he getting, what was it, 15 targets that Tyreek Hill had last week or whatever it was? Uh, no, that's certainly not, I think, something you should expect. Uh, but 10 targets potentially, uh, you know, and you tell me that that type of guy is getting 10 targets or eight plus targets, I, I'll sign up for that, you know, so uh is he a slam dunk top 20 receiver no but i think he's in that jarvis landry range that we talked about you know somewhere in the top 30 and uh for me he's he's closer to 24 how about sutton or cooks uh cooks easy yeah it's sutton for me but i I don't really have a lot of faith in sutton either all right we'll get to that game in a little bit baker mayfield starter sit i would sit him if you can um 
you know, you, you saw the blueprint last week when he went over 300 yards and didn't have any touchdowns, <laughs> you know, so it's, he could play well. He played well last week, you know, but just doesn't necessarily have the touchdown volume. But he could also have uh, 250 yards. He could have the Jameis game. You know, he can go for, for under 200 yards passing and throw three touchdowns as well. So it's just, it's just he's one of those guys, you know. So two QB leagues, I think you're okay. One QB leagues, even in deeper formats, I think it's, it's borderline guy best. And then Kareem Hunt. Uh, what do we do with Kareem Hunt this week? Oh, for a blowout. Yeah, I I would I would still like there. I think there's a lot of running backs that you could have drafted as starters that I would start him over. I'd start him over Josh Jacobs. I'd start him over Saquon Barkley. I'd start him over most of the running backs that were we talked about being scared of. I'd start him over the Bucks, um, but he's also a little bit risky. Uh, yeah, I, I I'm not sure if people still consider him to be a big part of the passing game. He didn't have um, any more than three catches in any game that they didn't lose last year. Is that what it was? Uh, I think, yeah, basically like all, yeah, his only two games of more than three catches were losses to Baltimore and Cleveland but, allowed 47 and 38 points. So if they're winning, last week. I mean, if he gets three, that's good. Yeah, that's, but, he, that's but, a- they, but that was a competitive game. So, you know, back right. and forth and they were losing, you know, they lost. I, I know it was back and forth, but, uh, if they blow him out, I'm not sure he gets more than three. I mean, that's I think he has a a lot better chance of scoring a touchdown, I think, than most people yeah. give him because like Nick Chubb scores so many touchdowns, but Kareem Hunt does too. Yes, he does. So, how about Jarvis Landry or Kareem Hunt? Uh, I would take Hunt in non PPR and Landry in PPR. I think I have Hunt ahead in both, but it's really, really close in PPR. Hunt just, he finds a way to score, and he scored six touchdowns in games that they were winning last year. So, you know, you you you, you said this a lot, Adam, in talking about where Hunt's production came from last season. In blowouts, he typically has the chance to play well. This feels like a blowout. Yeah, I mean, they blew out Washington in week two or three last year, and he had 16 carries, I think. Most of them were, yeah, he had 16 carries late in the game. Uh, so for, for uh, Landry, you know, it depends how you want to treat the bad weather games, but if you take after the bad weather games, he played seven games without Odell Beckham last year, including the playoffs. He had five or more catches in every single game, and he had five catches last week. So that's a pretty nice floor in PPR, and I think you guys have talked enough about Jarvis Landry. I could give you a few more. Jarvis Landry or Corey Davis? Uh, Landry. I think I have Davis higher. Jarvis Landry or Mike Evans? Evans. Um, <laughs> Evans, but close. Okay. Last one. Landry or Debo Samuel? Landry. Debo for me. Any interest in a Cleveland tight end? No. No. Not the way they chopped it up. No. Yeah. Okay. Let's go with Buffalo. Oh, Cleveland DST. Start them. They're still, as of yesterday, only 61% rostered. There's Buffalo. a lot of DSTs that are available. That's an interesting, interesting week. Buffalo at Miami. See if uh, Star Lotulale comes back. That's the starting defensive tackle for Buffalo. They're hoping to have him back this week. They didn't have him last week. And really missed him. Yeah, the run defense was outstanding. <laughs> All right, Josh Allen is is a must start. He torched the Dolphins last year. Um, one time he did it in a half in Week 17. Let's talk about Devin Singletary here. Would you start Devin Singletary or Kareem Hunt? I would start... Singletary and non-PPR, Hunt and PPR. I'm going to start Hunt over Singletary, but they are very, very close. Yeah, I, would very start, close. I would start Singletary over Barkley tonight. 
Yes. Yeah, you know, the the Bills were in four or five wide receiver sets for so much of the game. Three, four, five. So they just didn't really run the ball, and maybe maybe they might, I don't know if they'll learn a lesson. <laughs> maybe they'll just be better at it this week. But I'd like to see them be a little bit more balanced if you have yeah. Devin Singletary. I'd like to see a few more screens for, for Devin Singletary, too. Yeah, I mean, 11 carries for 72 yards, three catches for eight yards against Pittsburgh. Buffalo wide receivers, other than Diggs, are we starting any Buffalo wide receivers? Uh, Beasley and PPR is the number three option. Yep. And okay. Sanders, too, look, in deeper leagues, he, he still had, what, eight targets? He did have eight targets. What did Josh Allen throw? Josh Allen threw 50, uh, what the hell did he do last week? He threw a lot of passes. Sorry, I don't have that handy. But, you know, got to keep that in mind. All right, so just Beasley, no no Gabriel Davis, no Emmanuel Sanders. Um, I would like Emmanuel Sanders better if because Gabriel Davis missed practice yesterday, right? Yes. He's, he's banged up. If he doesn't play, then Beasley and Sanders are much more appealing. No, no Dawson Knox, I assume. No. All right, what about the Dolphins? Any interest in Tua this week? Not if you can avoid it. Only if you have to start two of them. <laughs> <laughs> Miles Gaskin. Let's discuss Miles Gaskin. This is a tough one this week. Um, how would you compare him to other running backs we're going to preview, like Daryl Henderson and Damian Harris? Uh, behind them. Gaskin better in PPR than Harris. I, I've I've got him right in the Henderson range behind Harris. Um, kind of like, for me, the same thing I said about Clyde. There's enough running backs I don't like that Gaskin's a borderline top 20 guy. You know he's going to be involved in the passing game, so it's not an easy matchup. Um, you just have to hope that he's a little bit more productive this week. And would you start any Dolphins wide receivers over Miles Gaskin? Uh, no. I would not, unless... Well, I don't think we've got full confirmation of how much Will Fuller is going to practice slash play. Brian Flores they're take, said they're taking it day by day. So if Fuller didn't play, then I'd probably start Waddle over him. But I thought the the A dots were interesting in week one. Jalen Waddle, this is average depth of target, so that's how far down the field you are when you're targeted on average. Jalen Waddles was at 11. Uh, Devontae Parkers was at 11.7. And Will Fuller last year was at 12.5. So there's no... Short area guy. Yeah, obviously it's just one week. I just want to see how it plays out. But last week, Waddle with an eleven A dot and Parker with eleven point seven. Kind of interesting. Which which secondary do you consider to be better? The Patriots last week without Gilmore or the Bills now? Well, I can tell you the two websites I was using, Sharp Analysis and uh Sharp Football Analysis and Pro Football Focus, I'm almost positive they both had the Bills ahead of the Patriots. Oh, I would too. But, you know, that changes with Gilmore, clearly. But I, I think, you know, not that they struggled against the Dolphins, but I think this is a tougher matchup. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. And, uh, all right, so so there's sits, right? So, as of now, if Will Fuller plays, you're not starting Waddle or Fuller or Parker? I, I would try to avoid all the Dolphins receivers if you can, just because, you know, you want to see how it's all going to shake out. None of them were drafted as must-start plays. Uh, Flores saying that Fuller's role is, you know, still up in the air, even if he does play because of the foot injury that he was dealing with in the preseason. So, 
one of them may have a big play. I mean, look, Waddle scored last week, so I don't think Tua is getting shut out completely from the end zone. And you saw last week, you know, that there was uh, some some plays for the Steelers to to be made. You know, Johnson scoring the touchdown. You know, Juju and, and Claypool having some opportunities, but uh, it's 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 a lot easier to rely on the Steelers passing game than it's the Dolphins passing game against this Bills defense. No interest in Kasiki. Only two targets last week. So you guys that don't even have him in your top fifteen or twenty. So uh, I don't know if you saw the story from the Palm Beach Post that they wanted Durham Smythe on the field more because of their tackle situation uh. and having him block. He played more snaps than Kasiki. And so I don't know if that changes. And then you also have the story of, uh, uh, you know, how Gusecki's been when there's a crowded receiving core versus a less crowded receiving core. And that was my hope for him last week was there was a less crowded receiving core and it didn't play out by any stretch. You used to work for the Palm Beach Post. I did. And how old were you? How old was I? Yeah. I was, uh, well, I started working for them in college. So I was uh, 18 until 21 and then... No, 19 to 21, and then uh, I went there, I was 25 to 29. Don't you miss the days when you were young and you had work friends? You would go out to lunch and play basketball with your work friends? Heath doesn't really miss those days. We were talking off the air. I miss those days. Um, I went out to lunch with my friend. I went out to lunch with Pete and uh, Jack Capitorto. Yeah, but Pete, well, yeah, Jack's young. You can't play basketball with Pete. God, I would love I to. Oh, Pete, that would be fun. <laughs> I bet Pete would surprise you how good of a shooter he is. I, I like seriously. What What are the odds if we put Pete versus Adam in a one on one game? I, I he they play to I 11. would run around him. I would run they around. Play to him. eleven. I'll put. He Pete would make me cry because Pete he would elbow you and push you and hit you. I call foul. He don't care, <laughs> and he's not fouling out one on one. Fine, let's get the ball. Every time. Minus four and a half, and you got to lay two hundred to get those odds. I mean, we used to have this argument. Eight years ago, about whether or not Pete could cover me one on one, and you, he, you'd never get off the line. He could. He, there's no chance. I would have destroyed you him. Would never get off the line. But I bet you, you would, even you now, would run past him in anything that requires running. But yeah. if you're playing a one on one basketball game, he's going to hurt you. Maybe, but I still think I'd win. Uh, but I think even now, eight years later, he probably would say that he he could cover me one on one. Let me text him. <laughs> you're both slower. You're both slower than you were eight years ago. I don't know. I'm not that much. I, I marginally. When was the last time you ran? Well, I run after my kids like every day. Does that count? Those are like wind no, sprints. It does not count. I went jogging about no, a month, I'm or talking month like ago. Full out sprint for more than 10 yards. Oh, like I, 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 uh, that was, that was last month. I raced my nephew, kicked his butt. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> Just like Pete Prisco. <laughs> He's like nine years old or something. He thought he was going to beat me, and I crushed him. Uh, all right. The Denver's at Jacksonville. I texted him. I said, Pete, we're talking about you versus Azer and Hoops on the air right now. He says he'll run around you and win. You say what? Okay. All right. Hey, tell me if he wants to come on, you know. Uh, happy to have him on. All right. This is the stat of the game. Just another thing to watch. Here were the A dots for the Jacksonville receivers. DJ Chark was 16.6, which is outrageously high. Uh, Marvin Jones, <laughs> what his response? Hold on, hold on. I actually, right. I actually played the sport. Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was like a long time ago, Pete. Peach baskets. Uh, DJ Chark, sixteen point six yard a dot. Marvin Jones, eleven point six. How about Lavisca Chenault, four point one? That's why he's going to be if that continues pretty safe in PPR. <laughs> He said, I was a starting point guard in high school. He played soccer. I did play soccer. Backup goalie. Backup. That, um, 
man. You want to talk about the you want to talk about the Jaguars wide receivers? I don't want to start the Jaguars wide receivers. I mean, you we don't want to start any Jaguars except Heath made the case as a low end number two for James Robinson. We just say that. High end flex, but yeah, I, Trevor Lawrence is not in my top twenty four. Oh yeah, he's interesting. I mean, it's just it's just respect for the Broncos defense, right? Um, because you know, I, yeah, sure. go, go ahead. I mean, well, there could I be. Can't, can't say what he just. <laughs> what you're saying, Adam, is he should have garbage time so he can just do the same thing he did last week. Yeah, I'm possibly. Yeah, he had like a hundred. He played two and a half. Two like there was three minutes left in the third quarter, and he had like 175 yards and one touchdown and two interceptions against the Texans. Yeah, all right. So we'll sit Trevor Lawrence. What about Teddy Bridgewater? What about the Broncos here? I would start Teddy Bridgewater over Tannehill. Uh, I would not do that. I would start him over Lawrence, though. Um, I think, and I'm doing that in the two QB league where I smacked Adam around last week. Um, it's high score. I had a, I had a decent week. You were a high score. Uh. I think the thing about Lawrence is, you know, how much is volume going to help him here? And so this team just feels like a train wreck. I mean, with everything happening with Urban Meyer and having to deny that he's taking the USC job and, you know, uh, everything that's led up to this. uh, It's it's such a weird team. It really is. I I wouldn't be surprised if they have a bad game that there's some assistance fired after this week. So the Broncos, I I think this is a smash game for their, their running backs. Now, it's not like the Texans ran the ball very efficiently. You know, I mean, we look at Mark Mark Ingram, we go, wow, 26 carries, and he scored a touchdown. He had 80-something yards. You know, it's not like he had a a great rushing average. And, you know, part of their running numbers is four for 40 for Tyrod Taylor, you know, as a team. So I hope that Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams deliver. I'm counting on them to have a big game because of score and how they're going to probably operate with their offense. But it wouldn't surprise me if if Bridgewater has a Daniel Jones kind of game, you know, where he has, you know, two touchdowns, some some minimal yards, and is a low-end starter. So... It's not a great game for Teddy, I don't think. All right, uh, Denver running backs. Then we got to talk about Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. And as you mentioned, Jamie, Jacksonville did a pretty good job against Houston running backs. They uh, they averaged 3.24 yards per carry. They had a long of 11 yards. Uh, but we'll see a, a tougher test this week. Who do you like better, Gordon or Williams? Gordon, but it's close. And what did you say, Heath? You said Gordon? Oh, yeah. Who do you like better, Gordon or James Robinson? Gordon. I just moved. That, that was the the thing I was able to do to move Robinson down a little bit. I just moved both Gordon and Javante Williams one spot ahead of James Robinson to get Robinson down to twenty seven. They're at twenty five and twenty six. You'd start. I, I don't actually project them very well because it's hard when you get two running backs like that that are like basically dead even in terms of touches. I think oh. I can start Javante Williams over Saquon Barkley. I, I get my leagues mixed up, but you would do that, right? Oh, yeah. Easily. Yeah. And I, the, the thing about um, about uh, Robinson in this game is um, the touchdown opportunities. You know, who's going, who's getting those? Oh, versus Hyde. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Any interest in Sutton or or the wide receivers? They're both number three guys. And you could even make a case that Hamler's a potential number three guy as well. Uh, I would rank them Sutton, Patrick, Hamler, but I'd like to see something from Sutton first. Like, was he just taken out of the game last week or is he still struggling to get back? You know, and, and this is something that I was thinking about yesterday. Do we need to go back to reevaluating the ACL injury? 
with Barkley and Beckham and Sutton. And, you know, like we're, we, we got so lucky with Adrian Peterson coming back as quickly as he did and, and, a, and a handful of other guys, you know. But it feels as if that injury maybe has regressed a little bit. I don't know if it's just these three guys in particular. I'm, you know, I'm certainly not going to say that there's a study that I've conducted. Um, but it just feels as if the ACL injury we have completely overlooked as being major surgery. And these guys are, are struggling to come back. Yeah, they are. That's why I know nobody cares about this, but Miami's quarterback, college, came back in eight months from an ACL tear, uh, which shocked me. And that's why I don't understand why it's taking Saquon Barkley so long. But he had a pretty major, uh, he had more damage than that. And So did had, Joe Burrow, though. And they had to wait. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm wondering if it's, if it's kind of fine for quarterbacks, mm-hmm. but the skill position player is not the same. Eric Fisher is talking like he's going to play this week. He's eight months removed from the Achilles. You can't get a running back or wide receiver to come back yeah. eight months from an Achilles. That's true. All right, all right, let's giddy up here. We got four games Was to go. Was it a full rupture, though? Not sure. Yeah. Denver's DST is top three. You should start them. Las Vegas at Pittsburgh. Stat of the game, the Stars and the Steelers logo are not Stars. They are hypocycloids. Uh, so, just so you know, that's from UncoveringPA.com. Any Raiders other than Darren Waller? No, but... You know, you want to see something from one of the receivers, you know, if you want to buy into any of them moving forward. And then for the Steelers, we already talked about Roethlisberger at the very top of the show. And where did you guys end up ranking Roethlisberger? 12. 12. 12, okay. Najee Harris must start. All, all. go ahead, yeah. Najee Harris must start, but I need to see something this week. If he goes bad this week, I'm going to be very, very nervous. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, what about the Steelers wide receivers? Uh, Deontay one, Juju two, Claypool three, but all number three receivers at worst. I have uh, Deontay as a borderline number one, Juju as a mid-range number two, and Claypool as a mid-range number three. Let's put them on the Jarvis-Landry scale. Landry over any? Jarvis-Landry for me. Uh, Landry over Claypool, but that's it. Okay. And let's go to New England at the Jets. So you can start the Steelers. The, uh, no, no Pittsburgh tight end, right? No. Uh, no. New England at the Jets. The Patriots just held the Dolphins to 259 yards, and Miami averaged five yards per play. Before we get into Corey Davis, stat of the game made me a little nervous here. James White, here were his catches last week. He had six catches for 49 yards. He had one in the first quarter, one in the second quarter, two in the third, and three in the fourth. Those aren't his catches. Sorry, those are his targets. He had six catches on seven targets. Five of them came in the second half. Three of them came in the fourth quarter. Could this be, you know, kind of a crummy game for James White? Are you worried about him? Would you start him? Obviously, it's only PPR. Only in PPR as a flex. Uh, And I actually would start him over James Robinson in PPR. I'd start him over Barkley in PPR. I'd start him over uh, Jacobs in PPR. Uh, The Panthers, it's a totally different team. They had 11 catches from their two running backs. McCaffrey had nine of them. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I can't come on. We can't really count this. Right? But they they struggled last year, too, with defending running backs with similar personnel. The different, Jets. Different coaching. Yeah. So I don't think it's a another six-catch game for James White, but I also wouldn't be surprised if maybe he gets an additional carry or two because of the fumbling situation from the other guys. So I don't think he's a slam dunk by any stretch, but in that format with the catches that he might have, I think he's got a chance to still be a flex option in PPR. Man, he there was I did not realize what a big difference there was in wins and losses with James White last year in terms of his catches. He, was there? He did not 
he did not have very many catches in their wins. Mm. I'm 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 pretty worried about Tim. I don't really want to start him, but I I have I think the one thing Jamie said that I could be wrong about is I'm just kind of assuming they're going. It's Damian Harris's first fumble of his career. I'm just assuming they're going to not penalize him for that, especially since the primary guy they would give the ball to, Stevenson, fumbled on his second career touch. Uh, JJ you, Taylor, come on down. Yeah, well, you should, if you have a roster spot, it's not the worst idea to speculate on JJ Taylor. But yeah, obviously, I'm not saying starting or anything. Okay, so then uh, to stick with the Patriots here. Mac so I Jones. assume if JJ Taylor is better than Damian Harris this week, you're going to t- tweet me and say, I want credit for this. <laughs> I think I deserve a little. I deserve a little credit for Marquise Brown over over Allen Robinson. Uh, Damian Harris is he a must start? What you should have stuck with was the the more bolder one, which was Sammy Watkins. No, I guess so. I I could have got I could have won a lot of bets with over Allen Robinson last week. Damian Harrison, Damian Harris must start. I mean, Heath loves him. Jamie likes. Yes, he's a must start. Yes. Okay. And then, uh, would you start Jacoby Myers or Nelson Aguilar this week? I would start Myers in both, but none of them are slam dunks. Must start, guys. Okay. Yeah, I'd rather start Myers than Aguilar, but I'd rather not start either. Would you start Sutton or Myers? Sutton. Sutton. PPR, Myers, Toby Myers, or James White? Um, White. I have no idea. I, th- I would go with Myers. Corey Davis. Five catches, 97 yards, two touchdowns on seven targets at Carolina. Start or sit? Uh, I would try to sit him if you can. Um, Borderline number three receiver at best. He had the two touchdowns, great. Solid performance, great. Seven targets, not so great. And uh, Bill Belichick just destroys rookie quarterbacks. I mean, this is – and no Becton. Like, this is – to me, the Patriots DST is is one of the slam dunk plays in DFS by far. They're going to be popular. I don't care. Uh, this could be ugly for the Jets all the way around. Yeah, I've got Corey Davis behind Jacoby Myers. I loved having Coleman in this game, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I Rams and Colts. Uh, so you saw the Colts. They they really got punched in the mouth by the uh, Seahawks last week, but they, in the second half they got much much better. Russell Wilson had 166 yards and three touchdowns in the first half. First half, he had 88 yards in the second. Chris Carson had 60 rushing yards in the first, 31 in the second. So hopefully we see a better performance from what was a good defense last year. But Rams and Colts, interesting game. Um, who, do you, who do you really like in this game? Who's a, an obvious must-start, should have a big game? All the Rams. Well, I mean, do you really feel that way about Daryl Henderson? Do you feel that way yeah. about Stafford? Yeah, I mean, I, he dominated playing time over Sonny Michelle. Yeah, I mean, it was I, Michelle's I, first. I game, have but. Jonathan Taylor still as number one running back. I have Cooper Cup as a number one wide receiver, but Woods is a number two wide receiver. I'm starting him. Henderson's a number two running back. I'm starting him. Stafford's a top ten or eleven quarterback. I'm starting him. Um, and Naheem Hines is a good flex. Yes, agree on all that. Okay, because uh, the the total forty seven and a half. Not terrible, I guess. No. 30 to 17. Works out well. 30 to 17. Stafford um, or Roethlisberger? That's the one I struggle with. I still stick with Stafford. Yeah. But um, would not surprise me 
the other way if it's if it's Roethlisberger. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to make too much of last year, but the last five quarterbacks to face the Colts, Derek Carr scored twenty-seven points, did have a rushing touchdown. Watson scored twenty-six. Roethlisberger scored thirty-one. Mike Lennon scored twenty. Josh Allen scored thirty-five. So they were bad, and then they were bad last week too. And then they gave up. The wide receivers killed them. Uh, Indianapolis allowed 70 yards or a touchdown to multiple wide receivers in six of their last seven games to finish 2020 and again to start 2021. And now they're down roads potentially again. Yeah. And I forgot one. I'm starting Higby too. But I do want to talk about Daryl Henderson because he only had one catch. They were very, very pass heavy. They didn't run a lot of plays last week, but Daryl Henderson had four carries at halftime. Seven carries at the end of the third quarter. He had nine carries in garbage, I guess quasi-garbage time in the fourth quarter. And could be a different story at the Colts this week in terms of the score. But maybe they're just going to be a very pass-heavy team. And if he's not involved in the passing game, if he doesn't score, he could be looking at seven points. You know, so I, I don't know. Is he really is he really that obvious of a start, uh, Daryl Henderson? He's better in non-PPR than PPR. As you said, only one catch. But... This was first game with Matthew Stafford in prime time. You think they were going to go and line up and run the ball all over the place? I mean, especially against the Bears. Chris Carson did a great job last week against this defense. You know, Darius Leonard might not play. <laughs> you know, well, that so would yeah, that would obviously change things. He's, he's banged up, but uh, yeah, I mean, look, is Henderson going to have a top five performance without maybe scoring two touchdowns? I doubt it. But top fifteen, I think that's within the realm of possibility. So it's like I start him over Gaskin. I start him over the Broncos guys. I start him over Edward Solaire. Um, you know, I, I just think you look at this Colts team, um, I, I think there are better days ahead, but this does not feel like one of those games. And non-PPR, I think I agree with all of the players that Jamie said. In PPR, I'm I'm a little more closer to what you're saying, Adam, but I just, he is the last running back that I that I don't hate, and there's only like 20 of those, so okay. I'm starting him. And then people might say that I'm crazy for saying that they were pass-heavy because Stafford threw 26 passes. But it just seemed like that was their game plan. They had two long touchdowns, so they didn't run a lot of plays. And as I said, it was nine carries in the fourth quarter for out of 16 for Daryl Henderson. I would start Elijah Mitchell over Henderson. That's interesting. Yeah, they're close for me. I'd still stick with Henderson. Unless you tell me Sermon's inactive again, then I'll switch that Sunday. And you feel good about Higby? You guys have him sort of toward the back end of the top 12. Uh, yes, his usage was great. You know, we said, what does he typically look like whenever Everett's not there? We know Everett's not there. Uh, you said it, they didn't run a lot of plays and he still was heavily targeted, you know, so he's got a, he's got a big opportunity and look, the, the Seahawks, if you want to, you know, go game by game and, and, and how one team did the previous week, it wasn't a lot of attention to the tight ends, but five catches for the duo of Gerald Everett and Will Disley scored a touchdown over 50 yards receiving. I wouldn't be surprised if Higby does that by himself. Well, and he had, like, it's pretty, first time in his career, he played 100% of the snaps. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned it, Adam, only 26 passes for Stafford. Six of them went to Tyler Higby. That's an enormous target share for a tight end. Yeah. All right, rock on. And the Rams DST is top four. And love I love Michael Pittman in this game, guys. All right, <laughs> Dallas at the Chargers. Tevin Coleman or Michael Pittman? Dallas at the Chargers. Stat of the game, I already talked about this. Uh, Justin Herbert was sacked twice on 49 dropbacks at Washington, and they had the fourth lowest pressure rate Washington did in week one. So Heath mentioned at the top of the show, great stuff uh, from the Chargers offense. Dak Prescott or Justin Herbert, who you guys like better? Dak, but it's uh, it's close. 
I, I think I'm the only one that has Herbert higher. And basically, like, I love both of them. I want to start both of them. Um, the tiebreaker is that, like, the Cowboys' defense is a lot worse than the Chargers' defense. <laughs> I mean, the real yeah. tiebreaker is that the, the Chargers are implied to score four more points than the Cowboys, and that's why he's higher in my projections. I mean, this is such an easy game. Start Zeke, start Eckler, start Cooper, start Lamb, start Keenan Allen. Mike Williams, I thought, might be a, somewhat of a tough call, but we can rewind all the way to the beginning of the show, or we can just... You know, it's been an hour. So if you want to kind of give your thoughts again, Heath, on why you like Mike Williams. Uh, well, you just said it again. The, the Cowboys can't get pressure. They're going to be without Demarcus Lawrence. The Washington football team is one of the best teams at getting pressure, and they couldn't get pressure against the Chargers. Their offensive line is awesome. They told us all summer they wanted to throw the ball more to Mike Williams, and then they gave him 26% of the targets in week one, and he delivered. And the Cowboys' defense is really, really bad. <laughs> okay, there you go. Would you start... Mike Williams or Juju Smith-Schuster or Chase Claypool? Uh, Mike Williams. I would go Juju, Williams, Claypool, and PPR. Williams, Juju, Claypool, and none. Yes, I'm sorry. I was thinking non-PPR. Yes, I would start Juju over Williams and PPR. And we're done here. Jared Cook, we did in the 60-second rankings disputes. Uh, Yeah, Jamie likes him better than Heath does. Easy matchup. Okay, And then I was like giving a bunch of examples and we were like, people probably aren't making these decisions. So Jared Cook is a low-end starter. And yeah, if you're, and look, if you're the Gusecki fantasy manager, you know, you had to turn to somebody. And so it's Cook, Komet, uh, Juwan Johnson, um, Janu. I'm trying to think of the guys that were in like the 70% range or lower, you know, for people in 10-team leagues. Um to me, it, Cook is the best of that group. I, I streamed Hooper last week. I definitely play Cook over Hooper this week. Okay. That's it for today's show. We've got the seven remaining NFC home games tomorrow, plus a recap of Washington and the New York Giants. And send your emails. We have a mailbag that airs on Saturday that records on Friday. So send your Apple Podcast questions. Might be a little too late at this point, but you can try anyway. And your emails, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Thanks a lot for watching, everybody. For Heath and Jamie, I'm Adam. I'll talk to you tomorrow.